We should never like suffering. We should never ask for it. Suffering hurts. However, we should embrace the suffering when it's our turn to suffer. I say embrace it, accept it, but don't give up in it. Well, that's a lot to think about, isn't it? Accept suffering, but don't give up in it. Let's explore that a bit more today here on Living a Legacy. Welcome. Our speaker is Bible teacher and author, Dr. Crawford Lorenz. Crawford is leading us through a series in 1 Peter called Navigating Life's Challenges. 1 Peter has a lot to say about suffering because the Christians Peter wrote to were undergoing tremendous persecution. Peter encouraged those believers to live out Christ before their persecutors in order to demonstrate the hope and joy they had in the reality of their coming eternal heavenly destiny. Crawford is answering the question, could it be that suffering plays a far greater role than we could possibly imagine? Stay with us for today's study. If you're new to our broadcast, our speaker has served in Christian ministry for over 50 years. His books include Leadership as an Identity, Unshaken, and a book he co-authored with his wife Karen called Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow. You're joining us about midway through our series, but each message is important, so stay right there. By the way, you can get caught up in the series through our website, and I'll tell you more after today's study. Let's join Crawford in 1 Peter chapters 3 and 4. Here he is with the second part of the message, The Privilege of Suffering, on Living a Legacy. So this is what Peter is basically saying. Just as Jesus' sinless life provoked hostility from sinful people, the same is going to happen to you. It was Charles Edden Spurgeon famously said that sheep is safer in the midst of wolves than a Christian among ungodly men. And it happens. So Peter says, press into Jesus. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what suffering you may be facing. But our source of hope and our source of strength is our focus on on the Lord Jesus. So how do we deal with suffering when it comes our way? He says, first of all, first of all, your approach has got to be that of the high road. If not, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Secondly, he says, now here's your attitude, which is foundational. What should our attitude be about suffering? I mean, so what, what, what frame of mind should I have when I'm called to go into a season of pain, a season of suffering, maybe a season of persecution? What, what's going on in my head? What should my attitude be? And Turn over to uh, chapter 4, verses 12 through, through the end of uh, the chapter, verses 12 through 19, because Peter walks into the attitude. One is the approach, but well, now here's the attitude. How I should think, what I should do, what should my attitude be? And I would summarize this section by saying that our attitude should be, now hear me on this, embrace your suffering. Uh, let, me, let me just say this to us. We should never like suffering, okay? We should never ask for it. (laughs) Suffering hurts. It is painful. However, we should embrace the suffering when it's our turn to suffer. Accept it, but don't give up in it. By embracing the suffering, 
We're saying that this is my lot. This is where I am right now. What's the alternative? So many of us spend so much time when bad things happen to us and the agony visits us and all of that. I know we have to go through this little stretch here, but we spend too much time asking, why is this happening to me? How come this is going on in my life? What did I do to deserve this? How come other people are getting by with this? This shouldn't be happening to me. This doesn't happen to my friend over there, the same thing. And, I, and we get in this whole cycle here and we fight the reality of where we are. Deliverance never comes when we're living in a state of denial. You have to accept where you are in order to be delivered from where you are. And the reality is here that, that Peter is saying, look, 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 this is where you are. Y'all, all of us wish that that didn't happen to you. All of us wish that that didn't happen to me. All of us wish we didn't get that doctor's report. All of us wish that that child wasn't the prodigal. All of us wish, etc., 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 etc. You can wish all you want, but the fact of the matter, it is. So at this point, the very first thing that Peter is saying is that you, you need to embrace where you are. You're suffering. And then he delineates these four attitudes. And number one is this: you need to expect it. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised that the firing trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Come on now, we've been through this. You've identified with Jesus. And just as Jesus suffered, you're going to suffer. This is not strange. You're living. You're going to go through hard times. Very bad things are going to happen to all of us. Not strange. I also think in this he's sort of uh, giving them a warning of a coming more intense persecution. Nero's going to turn up the heat. Some weeks back I talked about Mr. Nero. He's a very bad man. Remember I said that Nero took Christians. He had this diabolical evil thing that he did. He would take these white shirt down kind of things and dip them in wax and dip them and coat them and coat them and coat them in wax and then put them on these Christians and tie them to post in his garden and light them up. The man killed his own mother. He wasn't a good man. I can tell you some other sordid things that just a little bit too purian and profane about Mr. Nero. And yet, he's saying that it's coming. It's coming. I, I have to tell you, um, I am not a negative person, but I happen to believe that it's coming to these United States. I really believe it. I believe persecution is, is rumbling, and it's not, it's, it's not about who's in office now. I think the train has left the station. It's already on many of our college campuses across the country. The heat is being turned up on these Christian organizations. To change their charters to become more inclusive, and we know what inclusive sometimes means. I think they're going to come after uh, a number of these nonprofit organizations. I think we're going to see going to see 501c3 statuses being taken away. I actually foresee some time where some of our churches in our tax exempt status might be taken away from us because of quote hate speech. 
I think, I think things are happening in our culture today. I, I think the ground is being set. We have seen it here in the Atlanta area. Um, I'll go there, you know. A couple of years ago, one of uh, the employees of the city uh, wrote a book. It was, he's a believer, wrote a book, a wonderful book. It had nothing to do with his job and nothing like that, just a great book uh, about his Christian faith and his testimony and his views on certain things. And he wrote just one little section in the book that uh, caused some problems with some people. And I read that section of the book, and I was going, what's the problem? It was even-handed. It was kind, it was not judgmental and whatever, but it happened to agree with the political correctness of our time, and he lost his job. So, you know, I could go on and on about these things. So, my only reason for going there with this is that we need to wake up and not think that somehow or another, this is not coming down our avenue. Quite frankly, it might be good for us. Persecution is not not something something that is alien to the Christian life. That's the point. In fact, the peoples of God throughout the very beginning of history, it's a part of God's refinement. It's a part of what we are. It's a part of letting to see the, uh, the authority and power and beauty and the integrity of the gospel that shine forth through people who press into Jesus despite hard, hard times. So we expect it. Secondly, our attitude is that we rejoice in it. Verse 13, unbelievable. But we rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Look at verse 14. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and the spirit of God rest upon you. This is the reason why we rejoice. No, we don't. We're not rejoicing because we're hurting. That's not the point. It's not, you know, we're not rejoicing in the pain. We're, we're rejoicing in the privilege. We're rejoicing in who our great God is. We rejoice because it is through suffering that we identify with Christ. That's why we rejoice. For to you it's been given on behalf of Christ. I've quoted this a number of times, verse 29 of Philippians 1. To you it has been given on behalf of Christ to not only believe in his name, but have the privilege of suffering for his sake. And in case he was misunderstood, Paul repeats himself when he gives his testimony in Philippians chapter 2. And he says, whatsoever things were gained to me, those I've counted lost for Christ. And he says, I suffer the loss of all things that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And if it means pain for me to be found in him, I don't like the pain, but I love my Savior. To be found in him. So Peter is saying, that, listen, listen, rejoice, rejoice. And anything we suffer for the sake of Christ is a privilege and not a penalty. Anything we get a chance to suffer for his sake it's a privilege. And notice the line, he says, the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. I want to make two observations there. I think Peter's implying these two things. Number one, when we suffer righteously, and we suffer because we've not done anything wrong, but we're being persecuted righteously. He is saying when he says the, 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 the spirit of glory rests upon us, the manifest presence of God comes upon us. God is drawn to his people who are going through hard times for righteousness' sake. 
In his glory, his presence is there. But also the word spirit there is a capital S. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He's also talking about the enabling power of the Spirit of God to see us through. You see, Christ is with us in the, fur- in the furnace of our suffering. One of the greatest illustrations of this is in the Old Testament, isn't it? Daniel chapter 3. We say the three Hebrew boys. I think we need to stop that. These guys are probably 45 years old in Daniel chapter 3. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know the story? They refused to bow and compromise their faith and worship the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Nebuchadnezzar gets ticked off, right? Heats the furnace seven times hotter than it's supposed to be heated. He binds them up. Binds them up and throws them into the fiery furnace. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, as we see in those early chapters, was not always the sharpest pencil in the box, but he could count. And so when he looked back into the furnace, he says to the folks around, oh, now how many do we throw in there? Three. He says, but behold, I see four. And the fourth is as the appearance of the Son of God. And I love the New American Standard Bible translation there. It says, and, and, and they were, now notice, they were thrown in there bound, right? Three of them thrown in there bound. And, but, the, but the text says, it, it says that and, 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 and they were loosed and walking about. Loosed and walking about. I don't want to change the text here. But I, I got to tell you, that is an amazing word picture. You see, wherever Jesus is, there is freedom loosed. And wherever Jesus is, there's fellowship walking about. You see, your suffering and pressure and persecution does not restrict your joy. It does not restrict what God can do in and through your life. It does not put down what can take place in your heart and mind. You can have joy. You can have glory. You can have fellowship with our great God. And all hell is breaking loose around you because his glory is resting on you. Some of us need to hear that today. And the reason why you're not experiencing that glory and you're not experiencing his presence is not because Jesus is not there, because you won't acknowledge his presence. You've so deified the pain and so empowered the suffering and you've so blinded yourself with why is this happening to me that you can't see the brightness of his glory. But the third attitude... Rejoice in it, number two, but number three, be innocent concerning it. Verse 15 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. (laughs) Come on, man. Some of this is criminal activity. Don't, don't do that. You know, you didn't mind your business, you gossip meddler. You stuck your nose where it didn't belong. Now it got cut off. Jesus said, damn, nothing to do with that. Don't go there. You know, the old line, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Some of our suffering, as I said earlier, is consequences of sin. It's not the Lord's sin it. You, you made some bad choices. Now, your family's paying for it. But he didn't send that. 
He said, no, 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 don't, 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 don't suffer that way. Um, no matter what the trials, Christians should do nothing that would justify punishing them because of being criminal activity or poor choices. But then fourthly, he says, the fourth attitude is, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of your suffering. You know, I see that as a pastor. Some of us, um, some of us are so used to being in control of our lives and uh, controlling our image and uh, controlling our health that when something wrong happens, about a year and a half ago, I, I, I didn't take much medication at all. And uh, went to the doctor and found out I had to take some medications. You know that messed with me? I, that really messed with me. Look, I'm getting old, so something's going to happen to me. I knew that. But when it did, I'm going, oh, oh and I was moping around a little bit. And uh, I'm married to Karen, and so she said to me, uh, honey, get over it. <laughs> I got healed. But some of us, you know, we're like that. Our pride gets in this thing. Stuff happens to us, and things go wrong in our lives, and, and we, we just kind of like want to keep, keep presenting the image up there as if we don't have hard times, and our kids are fourth members of the Trinity, and, and nothing ever happens to them, and, and, you know, we're in control here. Would you stop it? Please, stop it. We all hurt. Amen. Sin happens. It happens to you, it happens to me. There's pain and there's tears. There's stuff that we all go through. And Peter says, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. This is exactly what he says in verse 16. He said, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. What is time for judgment to begin at the house of God? And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? A couple of things here. Number one, he says, look, 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 you're a Christian. And by the way, the term Christian is only used three times in the New Testament, three times in the entire Bible, that is, once here, and then twice over in Acts 11, 26, and 20, chapter 26, verse 28. And it was originally used, in those, it was originally used as a pejorative, as a, as, you know, the, the, the Christian, you know, it's a little put down right here. Well, well, Peter is flipping the script here. He said, no, 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 it's not a put down at all. Yes, you do identify with Jesus, and you suffer as a Christian. Don't be ashamed of that moniker. Don't be ashamed of that. You embrace, you embrace that. There's no shame in suffering as a Christian. But then he also points to verse 17, though. And he says, look, 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 sometimes God allows persecution as a disciplinary judgment to purify the lives of those in the family of God. And his point is, is this, look, the persecution is making you guys shine brighter. I hope persecution is not coming wide, uh, broad scale to us. But I don't know what it's going to take to start reversing some of the trends that are negative among evangelical, among Christians of our brand of Christianity. I'll just tell you the truth, the statistics are not good about us. 
Did you know that the morality of those of us who claim to be followers of Christ is not appreciably different than those who are not, statistically? Did you know that? The fact. The divorce rate basically mirrors. Maybe, maybe a good bit of pressure and a good bit of persecution will cause us to start being serious about our responsibility to be lights and models to the culture. That's what Peter said back then. You know, judgment first has to begin at the house of God. I think it's just food for thought. Peter says in verse 19, Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. The word entrust. He ends the discussion by saying entrust, entrust. This is not a single action, but a con- it's, a, it's a constant attitude. It's as if he say, no, 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 no. All you have is right now. You can't live tomorrow now. Don't, those problems are tomorrow. But entrust yourself right now. And I want to say that to you if you're struggling right now, if you're going through a hard time, you're in the midst of suffering, you know, hold, hold back, back up. Don't, don't think about tomorrow. Just think about right now. This moment in trust. This moment in trust. This moment in trust. Just give yourself over to him. When we suffer in the will of God, we can commit ourselves to the care of God. And let me make these four suggestions to us. When it comes our time to suffer, and uh, particularly persecution, but even in a broader sense, when it comes our time to suffer, the very first thing I think we need to ask ourselves or, or, or look at is that our own hearts. We need to examine our hearts. Examine our hearts. Lord, did I contribute to this in any way? The second thing I would suggest is that don't suffer alone. Share your burden. Thirdly, I would say when it comes our time to struggle and suffer, Give yourself to the Word of God in prayer. Force yourself into the Word. You don't feel like it, that's okay. Force feeding is good right now. And then finally, I would encourage us, number four, record your thoughts and feelings and lessons. It is so important that when you're going through struggles or you're going through pain in your life or persecution, whatever it is, it is more important to sit down and write. Writing does something to you. When you get on the other side of that, that'll be a treasure for you. Dr. Crawford Loretz here on Living a Legacy. Four great suggestions there when it's our time to experience suffering. Well, a lot to think about in that message called the privilege of suffering. Now, you may feel the need to listen to it again to fully digest all that Crawford was teaching. You can do that on our website. All of the messages in this series so far are available to stream at livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. Look for the past programs link. The name of this series, Navigating Life's Challenges, based on the book of 1 Peter. Here's something you may want to check out. You can download all of the messages in this series for free. Look for the MP3 link on our website, and that will take you to Moody Audio, where you can transfer the messages to your computer or MP3 player. If you're finding this series helpful, take a few moments to let us know. Your feedback and financial support help ensure that we'll be here week after week. Make a note to yourself to write. Here's the address, legacyatmoody.edu, legacyatmoody.edu. 
Thanks for being part of our study today. For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. Living a Legacy is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.